H.A. Jason here. Sorry to bug you. I know I called you a lot last time and I shouldn't have. I apologize. Just want to let you know. I'm Well, I'm glad your game went off the other night and I'm glad I've got a game tomorrow morning. It's going to be my first game in over a year playing the Bear Maze with the Audio Dungeon folks. Um, hopefully it'll go okay. I may just be the quiet guy in the corner and never get invited back. We'll see. But take it easy. Thank you for your show. We'll talk to you later. Welcome to Roleplay Rescue's Game Master's Journal. My name is Che Webster, and I'll be taking you behind the scenes of my own Game Master journey. Each episode features my audio notes, recorded here and there between my gaming sessions. Assembled into a rough edit, these notes form a journal and let you take a peek behind the GM screen. The journal is raw and rough, and not everyone's cup of tea. But you have been warned. The amazing Jason Connolly there, heading up the show. Thanks, Jason, for calling in. And never, please, never, never apologize. You can't have too many messages on Anchor. Awesome source. Um, yeah. What have we got? Um, hmm. The sleep deprivation thing. That ain't going away. <laughs> Had a few more call-ins on this. Um, seems like... Um, Mr. Aldridge has more to say, um, a lot more to say, uh, I think it's four messages, and I even had a call from someone very special, somebody I very rarely get a call from, but when I do, it's always quality. So before we go to Dave, check it out. Hey Che, it's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. You've been talking a lot about sleep, and a couple of people said it that they didn't think that it affected them to get less sleep, and... Um, I actually was talking about that today when I was recording my podcast, strangely enough. And I wanted to point out that Joe Rogan Experience does a YouTube and a podcast. And episode number 1109 was with a sleep expert named Matthew Walker, where he talks about the fact that if you get less than about six hours of sleep, you actually do yourself cognitive damage. So I don't know if thinking about whether or not you feel affected is a good measuring stick for whether or not you actually are. Anyway, just food for thought. Alright Che, it's Dave. Couple more things on sleep deprivation. Item one, I'm sadly not a professor yet. I don't mind being accorded the honorific. I'm sure I will have it soon enough, but I never called myself that. <laughs> the second one is, I think it's interesting. People, people who've had kids and stuff take it so personally when you suggest sleep deprivation stops them from functioning at, 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 at perhaps top notch. I mean, I've had three kids. Um, I, I could quite proudly say that my wife and I, of course, functioned fine. But I do remember when they were younger, we would have liked to have got more sleep. And I'm sure we'd have felt that we were functioning a bit better if we had. I just think that's interesting that people always pull that one in. Oh, in my case, that's not true in my case. Well, you know, we would have liked a bit more sleep. And the other bit is just sort of putting aside those vaguely strange personal counterexamples. All you're really doing is setting out a mechanical cost. You know, a little bit of in-game resource management, time management, which seems perfectly, 
in genre and appropriate to the kinds of things we do in RPGs. You're just saying, by all means, push on if you want to get there quicker. Keep marching, but you're going to lose the benefits of your of your rest or your full heal up. So you're just introducing one of those in-game costly decisions. That seems to me to be entirely reasonable. Uh, the final thing is, in, in reference to, to Joe's point, I think in medieval times... People did get more sleep, and we do get less sleep now because of artificial light. You know, that's two things. Light pollution wakes you up. That's, that's pretty well established. And also, if it's generally dark for more of the day and there's not much you can do about it with street lamps and so on, you're just more inclined to, to stay in bed. <laughs> it never stops. I've just left the house. It's, what is it, 10 to 6? I've got to get a train early. <laughs> <laughs> my youngest daughter's five so she don't wake us up pretty much in the night anymore but we've just got a puppy dog and he's just had his operation <laughs> so he's got a cone round his head and he can't sleep he cries in the night so as i say i've left the house somewhere between five and six and my wife's on the floor of the living room cradling the dog <laughs> not sleeping very well <laughs> it never ends <laughs> sleep deprivation <laughs> Oh, Dave, you made me laugh, man. That's awesome. I mean, what more can I say? I think you said all that needs to be said on this subject in terms of, you know, defending my position. And I thank you for that so, so much. And Liren, thank you for also for diving in on this argument, this discussion, this debate. And uh, again, weighing in with some support. I really appreciate it, guys. I really appreciate calls, um, especially when, of course, you know, <laughs> it allows me to feel I'm right. <laughs> It's Sunday evening and I spent this morning making artefact cards for my GURPS Dungeon Fantasy game that's coming up in about three weeks' time. A little over a month ago, Gabriel Rourke and I were having a conversation about ten things that we would take from the Arduin Grimoires and bring into our own campaigns. And Gabriel reminded me about artefact cards. Basically what you have is an image on one side of a card and on the back a bit of description. And... I think originally perhaps some stats and stuff on that card. But Gabriel and I were talking and he shared an idea from another one of his GM friends about having a separate booklet with details on what the card, the uh, artifact does from the card um, in a kind of separate way. And I figured what I would do is have image one side, a little bit of description on the other side and mostly space so that players can literally jot down things they discover about that artifact on the back of the card. I like artifact cards. I like the idea of having an item that you can physically hold as a player and look at. So, uh, a few weeks ago, I commissioned Jay Shields to do some artwork for some cards, and we've got the first set of that. And so, this morning, I sat down and started to um, you know, lay that out, sort it out, really. And it's been fun. I really enjoyed it. I've put a post on my blog ubiquitousdrat.net which shows a couple of images and and yeah seems to be a bit of a favorable kind of response to it really so i'm gonna keep working on them really anyway that was just today's update oh back to work tomorrow going on tuesday morning i'm here at work just before the day starts not sure if there's going to be a games night with the students this evening. 
it's the first Tuesday back since the term started and that could be it's I think it's very likely that there will be very few people attend but you never know what I did is I grabbed the fantasy trip box set and I shoved it in a bag and I brought it with me my intention is that if anyone shows up I'll teach them a little bit of pit fighting fun with melee and see if we can kind of get started with that. I'm really liking the idea of giving the fantasy trip a go with the school kids because it's a really light and easy game, fast-paced game. And I think it's quite tangible as well. I like the use of the hexes, the mega hexes to build dungeons and such. So I also have in there... Well, there's two death tests, which are essentially designed as solo adventures, but could be run with a group. And there's also um, Tolonkar's Lair, which is a full adventure. So lots and lots and lots and lots and lots that I can do with that over time and very little prep. Anyway, chances are no one will come or very few kids will come. So there'll probably be a bust, but we'll see. Fingers crossed, I guess. I don't know. Part of me is really just wanting to sort of, at the end of the day, I know I'm going to be shattered and I'll just want to go home. But obviously a part of me wants to pass on the hobby bug, keep me going. So I don't know what to do really. I'm going to uh, play it by ear. Let's see what happens. Tuesday evening, getting home a little early from school. No kids showed up, guys. Um, but I got home and there was a parcel waiting for me. And so I thought an unboxing. Now... I'm on a no more buying books spree, but it doesn't stop me buying books before. And this one's all the way from the US. Uh, horrendous postage cost. And I think I know what it is. And it's really, if I'm right, it's all Dave Aldridge's fault. Okay, Dave, so if you're listening to this dude, if I'm right about what's in this box, if I can ever open it, this is your fault. Loving that they've moved to packing with cardboard and paper because it's recyclable. Um, it's an inner box. See, this is how you pack a book. This is how you pack a book. So, what you want about this company, this is how you pack a book secure, safe, hopefully, not all dinged up. Oh yes, it's Riffs Atlantis. Dave Aldridge, Riffs World Book 2. Dave Aldridge, this is your fault, but it's better than that. It's even better than that, here it is. Now, a bit more packing material in between, and there's a second book underneath. This one's a hardback, so that one's paperback. This one's a hardback. This is a special edition, black hardback, gold co um, leaf cover. Uh, Rift's Dimension Book 15, Secrets of the Atlanteans. Fantastic. And, oh yes, opening up, it's gorgeous. So, Dave Aldridge, thanks mate. You made um, persuading me to buy the one book I wasn't sure about buying, Atlantis. Because, well, you know, and you and I know we're never going to play Rift's per se, but yeah, we love the stuff, don't we? Awesome sauce. 
Right, folks, I'm seriously excited. I just had the post and I've got a copy of Steve Jackson's GURPS, generic universal role playing system, basic set box set. Okay, first edition. All right, so I'm really doing it. Look at this Caravine to Iron Aris. That's the adventure for three to six players. Charts and table booklet. Basic set book to adventure in. Oh, look at this. So even got the three sheets of cut out bits to, you know, do what are they called? Cardboard characters and stuff, including a massive great dragon. And of course, book one, the characters book. Fantastic. Awesome stuff. Um, look at the back of the box. 1986. Gert's first edition. Um, and in case you think I'm insane and you, <laughs> you feel like I've lost it or something, um, seriously, guys, I when I get into a game, I like to understand that game. And one of the ways I'm going to understand fourth edition is by taking the journey, you know, through first and through to third and then through to fourth. I have to say, second edition and first edition aren't all that different as I understand it. So I'm not going to seek that one out. But oh, so excited for my box set. Um, it's a little battered, it's a little bit, you know, not too bad though, a little bit worn, but hey, come on, it's how old? 85, 86? Oh, awesome! Hey, Shay, Jason here. I'm so excited for you, I just saw your lens video. That was my first GURP set as, as well, back in the day. I don't know if I still have that box set. I'll have to look. But that was my first GURPS, my, that was my introduction to GURPS right there. I'm excited for you. That's really friggin' awesome. Congratulations, man. I'm glad I woke up to seeing your video and seeing that. That set a good tone for my day. Carry on, my friend. Thursday morning, I just need to capture this thought before I forget it. Listening to Colin Spikepick Green's most recent drive-through, he was talking about the idea of creating sort of pocket adventures really, an adventure game book which contains the rules you need and adventure and the sort of setting stuff you need and maybe even pre-gens ready to go as a separate product. And that pinged alongside the discovery, as I found out last night, I don't know if you know this, but GURPS first edition had random character generation tables, which was an amazing discovery for me. Now those two things together for me are pinging the idea of what I need to do to help kids get ready for the school club. Basically, imagine it. Quick generation of character using kind of limited tables, which kind of pulls the rules into a minimum package. An adventure ready to go, in a setting ready to go. We're in for a game. Right, this might be a weird thing to say, and I might be slightly naughty in saying it, and be really careful how I phrase this, but I had a deputy head come down to see me today and ask if I can basically provide them with an image and some text to advertise the roleplay club on the school website. How cool is that? Finally legit in my in my educational establishment. Also kind of makes me really have to commit to playing and running something. But uh, yeah, it was cool. It's really, really cool. Game on. Okay, folks, it's Friday night. Games night in theory, um, only Ian coming over this evening and that's I guess a bit of a first, I haven't seen him for a long while, the end of July I think. Uh, Andy's away and um, Dave's working so it's unavailable for those two guys but Ian's coming over, he wants to sort of finish off his character and 
I think the the goal will be to probably do again, run some one to one combat experience, give him a sense of how the game plays. Um, so looking forward to that in some respects. I have to admit though, I'm knackered, and I would really much prefer just to go to sleep right now. Um, so I guess I will try and hide it and kind of be bold. On another positive, uh, Jason Hobbs of Random Screed and Hobbs and Friends fame has been basically talking about wanting to game with me. I'm available tomorrow night. My wife is going out with some friends to the movies and that allows me some time in the evening, UK time, Saturday night to um, have a game. And I got on MeWe somewhere. I can't even remember where it was. some kind of place to game place. And in there with Jason Hobbs, I'll game with you. And he... <laughs> There was a little bit of, uh, I think Evil Jeff was on there as well. Evil Jeff was trying to get me to run a game. And um, I don't really have the energy for that. So uh, Jason's offered to run. I think we're going to play Karmata, uh, which I've never played in. And it looks like he might have recruited uh, Jeff Connolly uh, via Discord. So there's at least two of us. And I'm not sure whether Evil Jeff is coming or not. But there we go. It would be cool if he did. Um, but... Yeah, I've got a game tomorrow night, in theory. I've got a game tomorrow night. These things can always fall through at the last minute. All sorts of stuff can happen when you're trying to hook up a game online. But, hey, you know, positive. So, yeah, I might have quite a gamey weekend ahead of me, really. And, of course, next weekend is uh, convention time, 21st of September. I'm looking ahead to going to Leamington Spa, Royal Leamington Spa in the UK, to take part in the Owlbear and Wizard Staff um, convention. Uh, to which Andy, Shandy Andy's coming with me, Andy. And, uh, yeah, I believe I might get to meet Dave Aldridge there. I think he's running a game. So I'm looking forward to that next weekend. So it looks like I'm in for a kind of gamey start to my term. And it's still only two weeks um, now from starting the uh, GURPS campaign in the Adventures of Palantir campaign. And I'm looking forward to that too. So, Wow. Loads going on. Wish I was awake. Hey, Saturday morning. Had a good session with Ian last night. A good game session. We didn't game, per se. We did game because we created his character. Or, more precisely, kind of wrote it all up. He'd um, pretty much done uh, his choices from a template. 125-point initiates template from... Uh, Dungeon Fantasy 15 henchmen. Uh, but what he was really struggling with was how magic works and some of the choices of spells and things. So, first of all, we went through and just wrote up everything onto a character sheet. And what Ian needs is like help to understand all the things and what they mean. So, we just kind of went through bit by bit by bit by bit, like everything on the character sheet, how that works and what, what it's about, which was great. Had to move location. Um, yeah, so uh, Ingar character put together is really good, and I think he's got a pretty reasonable handle on. And we even, I mean, everything down to customizing equipment. I mean, you can do that with GURPS, it's great. So, had a lot of fun doing that. He's, uh, yeah, he's got a, uh, a mace that's called Glitter Ball, and it's essentially this seriously blinged up fine dwarven mace, which can also be used to store extra magical energy. Uh, and from which he can draw extra power when he needs it. That energy once it's gone is gone. And uh, yeah, 
it's kind of fun to do. I really enjoyed that. Off the back of that, yesterday, um, I well, actually, yesterday was when the epiphany happened, but I think it was Thursday I put out to my patrons, hey, I've got a, two or three ideas for an episode for next Saturday. Would Hey, guys, vote on it. You know, like, actually, what do you want me to do? And it's really interesting because I guess I'm treating this, and UK listeners will understand what I'm talking about here, I think I'm going to treat this as an advisory referendum. So whilst they were picking choices between like me talking about uh, a simple approach to gaming, kind of really simple dungeon, simple game system and all that, middle choice was me doing a sort of GURPS 101, what I've learned about GURPS and why it's really an OS game. And then the third option was me talking about three more games off my shelf that you know I kind of think are good, good games. Um, the vote was very much... Um, kind of one way but actually there were a number of really good follow-up questions and comments and stuff that actually deserved comment and which I think have kind of sparked a, a kind of amalgam of ideas and I suddenly had an epiphany about how I also want to run the school club game so this weekend for me um, is kind of awesome although my wife is out this evening and I may be online with Jason and the guys um little tiny insy bits of art of me hopes that falls through so I can go and work on some gaming shit myself but um actually no it'll be good for game so I'm looking forward to that I do however want to spend some time today and tomorrow working on this idea and kind of while I work on what I want to do with the school club stuff I kind of want to do the episode alongside it um so I think um I'm gonna get two products out of one referendum which is fantastic certainly more than well yeah um Anyway, I better shut up. I obviously at some point also need to edit this entire episode that you're now listening to together and, and which is probably the final entry to. I need to put that all together as well this weekend. So uh, lots to do, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive. Even though I'm shattered after a very intense week, I am energised. And it's largely because of, yeah, you guys. Game on. That's it for another episode. Please let me know what you think and drop me an Anchor voice message to share your response. Either use the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm slash rpgrescue slash message. Come and join the conversation. In the meantime, all that's left to wish you is a fond farewell and all the best at your gaming table. My name is Che Webster And this has been a Roleplay Rescue Game Master's Journal episode. See you again next week. Game on.